We'll talk about some recent comments from J.J. Redick regarding Bucks head coach Doc Rivers and if Milwaukee might be more vulnerable than what their record reflects. And Damian Lillard had some interesting responses regarding his top five players in the NBA, and some think he still dreams of coming to Miami. Plus, some lingering thoughts on the All-Star Dunk Contest and rookie Jaime Hawkins Jr. All that and more on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, editor at allyoucaneat.com. Joining me as always, longtime NBA reporter David Ramil. Or if you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day got a great show for you today we're going to talk about Damian Lillard including Bam Adebayo and his top five players he'd most want to play with and Jaime Hakez Jr. getting snubbed in the dunk contest but first let's start with JJ Redick calling out Doc Rivers on first take here's the sound I've seen the trend for years what's the trend the trend is always making excuses get Doc we get it taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard it's hard we get it just like getting traded in the middle season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Fly. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no <laughs> – there's never accountability with that guy. Well, there's never say, accountability. Well, let me say – So, obviously, that sparked just an internet firestorm afterwards. You had – uh, Austin Rivers, Doc Rivers' de- uh, son, coming out to his defense. Twitter was all ablaze uh, with differing opinions on all of this, um, which I find interesting for a number of reasons, David. First of all, you know this. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of the JJ Redick takes. I think he can. I think he comes off as patronizing uh, quite a bit. Smarter, thinks he's smarter than everybody in the room, and is the first guy to make a point that everybody's made already. Uh, but in this case, I have to agree with him, and it's you just. You never really hear this come from, A, a former player in public, call out a coach like this. Uh, J.J. Redick played for Doc Rivers in L.A. for four years uh, with the Clippers. So you don't really hear that. And then, B, you don't hear this from a broadcaster who has to work on the broadcast of the games. J.J. Redick is being added to the booth with Doris Burke and Mike Green. And there's going to be a scenario where they have to do the pregame meeting with Doc Rivers before the broadcast, and that is going to be awkward. And that's usually why you kind of see these criticisms of coaches get limited to sort of like X's and O's and like questioning when they use a timeout and stuff like that. This is a personal attack against Doc Rivers (laughs) and how it is that he goes about doing his job and relating to the people he works with. And and there's so much interesting here. Uh, What stood out to you? Do you agree with J.J.? I do. I do agree with JJ. I think Doc's comments, we, we've seen this for years. And it's always been like a subtle jab. As, aside from the lack of, uh, you know, changes that he makes in game, it's not necessarily lack of preparation or anything like that, but he does kind of tend to be a little maybe one dimensional when it comes to his actual in game approach and refusing to, you know, make a lineup change or, or just make a design a play that could lead to something. He's more of the old school mentality of just kind of roll it out there and see what sticks out and what might pan out for you or not, which is, you know, part of the reason why he has struggled and has blown as many series leads as he has throughout his career. I don't think, Mm. I think he's a fine coach. I think he is a top coach all time. 
in some regards, but there's also clear limitations there. But when it comes to his media dealings, he does throw players under the bus. Like I remember even thinking when the Sixers had added DeAndre Jordan. This was when Doc was still with Philadelphia, and they had added DeAndre. This was before he joined Denver, which has been for years now. And DeAndre was looking for a place after, I guess, he left the Dallas Mavericks mm-hmm. at that point, and he, had, he went to the Sixers. And Doc is just, like, saying, like, well, DeAndre's old. He can't do anything. Like, he's just talking about the player that chose to come there and sign there. And he's just not just throwing him under a bus. He's basically talking crap about him and saying he's no longer a functional NBA player. And that kind of gives into like all the different narratives that have been surrounding Jordan and, and, you know, things that are normally left reserved for fans on NBA me on, on like NBA Twitter, not for a head coach. Like I can't imagine a world. I know this might be spinning it off a little bit. I can't imagine a world in which Eric Spolstra would ever say that about a player. Like he could have said that about Kevin Love. Like, you, you know, obviously he's older, you know, obviously he can't contribute to the same way he was. None of that. Like, we didn't hear any negative response from an older player. Or even bristling against Kyle Lowry and calling and just finding new words right. to use. He's, He's our Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, but even even you were, even when he was clearly annoyed about Kyle Lowry, you know, stating in right. the media publicly that he plans to be the starting point guard and Eric Spolstra, well, that's news to me, but he's a Hall of Fame quarterback and I expect nothing less with his confidence and he's got a championship mentality, right. heat culture jargon, blah, blah, blah. You're, what you're would Doc's right. response have been? What would Doc's response? He's like, oh, well, that's well, up Kyle to me. can expect whatever he wants, but that's not his choice, you know. Right, right. Maybe if it was ten years ago, we would have started him. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay. Well, I that's guess. the interesting thing about Doc too is he's always been so forthright with the media that he has gotten a um a pass. He a, a pass seems strong. Because he has gotten fired and he has gotten criticized in the media. But that's not our but, choice, you know. I mean, that's not media choice. No, no, but we, he's we gotten criticized in the media a little bit. And nobody, sure. and he, it's not like he gets fired and everybody. It's not like a sudden rush to be like, oh, they did the wrong thing here. Like he kind of gets fired in the media. He's like, yeah, it was probably about time for Doc Rivers <laughs> to go. Um, but he does. He does, he is friendly with the media. And he does get a little bit of a pass during the tenure of the team that he's coaching. But at the same time, you're absolutely right. He, when, when it comes to former players, wasn't his whole thing. You're you're right about the X's and O's thing. That's not his strong suit. And he was always the guy that got along with the players. He was a player's right. coach. He was the star right. whisperer. That was the whole thing. And it just seems time after time, and it hasn't always been the case, but basically since the end of his Celtics tenure, and then it got a little iffy. And there was some good times and there were some bad times in the LA in LA with the Clippers. Yep. Um, and he, he did step up during the Donald Sterling thing, and that was real, and he deserves credit for that. But Absolutely. since then, it's been really iffy with getting along with the stars. So if you're not going to be the star guy who's the star whisperer, and you're not going to necessarily be the strongest X's and O's coach, we're not really sure what you're doing here. And I've lis- I listened to him on the Bill Simmons podcast, too, and he loves to give himself a lot of credit for things that happened 15 years ago. Um, and some of that, and, I, and so he obviously has a big ego as well. Yes. And look, I'm not... I'm not anti big ego, have a big ego, you know, you do what you got to do to get to the highest level of your, of your, of your field. But yeah, I mean, to your point, the, the, the excuse making, the lack of accountability, that's where JJ Redick is right. And that's why, that's where it is in such stark contrast to Eric Spolstra, who says, who bristles at the point of the other night, Hey, your, your team is shorthanded. How do you approach this game? And he goes, that locker room would be up, would be insulted that you just called us shorthanded attacking the reporter who said that, who is yeah. a completely legitimate question, a completely legitimate question. And uh, you you are literally down fewer players than you have rostered. That is the definition of shorthanded. And he was like, no, 
we are not shorthanded. We are yeah. we have enough. We have enough. Like all this. They could have opposite. four active players, and Spo would say, No, no, those four players have worked their ass off to get to this point. We will find a way to win. It's like, okay. The NBA is like by rule, you have to forfeit the game. And he goes, That is an insult to the work we have put in to this season. Like, Spo, it's a rule. You don't have enough players. <laughs> He's like, I'll go out there. I don't care. We got we got AC and Karan on the bench. We're gonna put them out there. Or not AC anymore, but he's in Memphis. But I'm gonna call him. Quinny. 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 Quinny can go out there. It's an insult to Quinny that you say we don't have enough players. (laughs) Malik Allen is as low post dominant as you can find a player in his 50s. I mean, we like the matchup for him. Um, It. Yeah, I mean, you have the other night. You have the other day. Doc Rivers going through the schedule of their first losses. What Milwaukee went like one in six or something like that in the first few games with Doc Rivers. And he's like, "Well, against Memphis, we were down like this, and then that game was the second night of a back to back, and then this one and this one." You would never ever hear that. And the the, the lack of accountability from Doc Rivers, I think, is real. And yes. and it, it is. And I think it has to make Heat fans. If you don't appreciate Eric Spolstra already, then I don't, you're you're lost. I don't know what to tell you, right. but um, you ought to. Right. And, and you hear this kind of stuff. And you said this before we started recording. You couldn't even imagine Eric Spolster ever saying this or former players or the media criticizing Eric Spolster in this way. It would be unfathomable. Absolutely. Like, I mean, I, I mentioned even like, you know, LeBron James for as, as sour a note as he left the Miami Heat with has always been complimentary of Spo, despite the original nine and eight and the bristling and the idea that he wanted Pat Riley to step down as you know and become the coach. It's like he has always said such great things about Eric Spolstra and helping him unlock his greatness here in Miami and helping coach them to a championship. He's always respected Spo publicly. He's always said nothing but great things. Like I can't think of another player, an older player or a player no longer on, on the Heat that would say anything negative about Eric Spolstra. Like you know, you got Solomon Hill still kind of pining for for a return to Miami. You got Andre Guadala, who has played for a top fifteen coach, and and Steve Kerr, and still talks about the way they do things in Miami and Eric Spolstra and the preparedness and everything right. else. There's never any excuse making, and it's just it's such an interesting contrast between those two po- coaches and their different styles, and just you know, even Doc going, I didn't ask for this, I didn't want this job. It's like, well, why the hell did you take it, and why are you here now? whining about it like you, you're getting paid a lot of money you were getting paid as a consultant you basically watched them bring the axe down on adrian griffin's head and they're like well i guess it's okay and i'll guess i go ahead and take the job and now you're just doing nothing but complaining about it yeah there's a challenge to it figure it out you're the guy you're the coach now you took this job you got to figure it out i don't know it's unbelievable yeah. but i wonder also like all this talk about the milwaukee bucks are they more vulnerable Mm. As a result, because obviously Doc has whatever in-game limitations he's historically had, but is there more tension in that Milwaukee locker room than what we might expect? It's a great question, and it's one we'll dig into after this coming up on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. With over 3 million members, it's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than the projections on two to six players, and you watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They've got quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and staff types. That's what you're looking for, and that's what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And right now, if you go to prizepicks.com 
slash lockdown NBA and use the code lockdown NBA, you get a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash lockdown NBA. Prize picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Before we get to Jaime Jaquez getting snubbed in the dunk contest and what Damian Lillard had to say about who he would like to play with, uh, who's currently playing in the NBA. You asked a great question. The Milwaukee Bucks, based on all of these things that Doc Rivers is saying in the media, is that team vulnerable? And I think it's a very good question. I got to say yes. Like, I thought, look, I thought things were so bad under Adrian Griffin that Doc Rivers could only be an improvement. And I think defensively, they have bought in more. They they seem to know what they're doing schematic-wise, where that was just a complete mess under Griffin. The transition stuff has been cleaned up uh, and is starting to get better. But offensively, it still doesn't really work. It works because you have Giannis and Dame, and maybe that's just the plan. And, hey, that's not really a bad plan. Hey, we got Giannis, we got Dame. These guys are both capable of going off on any kind of – like, offensively, we'll be all right. Doc Rivers was brought in to fix defense, and I think the process has been good there. But, like, that's not good enough. When you make a trade the way that you did as the Milwaukee Bucks – Trading a championship core member in Drew Holiday and going yes. all in for a guy like Damian Lillard, like the expectation isn't, hey, let's be a little bit better defensively based on where we were to start the season. The expectation is go win a championship because that's why you fired Mike Boonholzer in the first place, hired Agent Griffin, fired him. You've made three coaching changes in the last handful of months with, with, with the idea of we're going to win a championship with Giannis. We're going to go get him another ring. And so, yeah, I think if I'm a Bucks fan, I am nervous as all hell about what I'm hearing from Doc Rivers, and I don't know if he's the guy that can lead this team. And maybe ultimately it's not on Doc. Maybe it's, maybe it's just simply on Giannis as that star player. There's some right. other things going on with that roster. Damian Lillard has not had the best year. But, yeah, I don't know that I'm, like, super confident in my team because of Doc Rivers if I'm a Bucks fan. Yeah, I, I think Bucks fans have become a little defensive. Like, even bringing up that idea has them saying, no, everything's fine, you know, it's not that big a deal – downplaying J.J. Redick as a player, as a commentator, et cetera. And I think it's that's kind of a, a – it's clearly a defense mechanism there where you refuse to admit the truth, you know, that there might be chinks in the armor and what Milwaukee has been able to build this season. So I, I think, you know, there were existing problems to begin with. Like Dame is – Dame is a very special and unique player. And for everything that he can do offensively – and. You know, there have been ups and downs in terms of what his production has been, or at least in terms of what the expectations for that level of production. But he gives up a lot defensively as well. So you have to have the right team around him in order to compensate for what Dame lacks defensively. And I don't know that Milwaukee is that. I think there's still, you know, there's some issues regarding roster construction. And then to have it magnified publicly in the media by Doc Rivers' comments about what a challenge it is and how difficult everything is. And just, again, it's not... I think players are smart enough and self-empowered enough where those things don't necessarily drive them. But I have to say, I mean, I've seen the opposite of that an effect in Miami where you have the power of, you know, putting it out there and saying what you actually believe, like a manifesto, a, a kind of like a motto, that a mantra that you repeat to yourself all the time. 
you know, this is who we are. This is who we want to be. We'll keep getting better. We're going to achieve this. You know, the heat culture in that aspect is all about accountability. It's all about setting a high standard and then working towards achieving that answer, uh, that, uh, that accomplishment. And then I don't know if Milwaukee has that same kind of integrity in place there. They might just, they might well, falter because of what Doc's saying. You know, it does make them vulnerable to a certain degree. And I'm not worried about Giannis. That guy is on a revenge tour of some kind for some reason this year. Like yes. that guy has been playing at an MVP level and carrying that team in a lot of ways. And as much as Damon Lillard has struggled and the three-point shooting numbers are down and some of the metrics are down and the defensive things that you said are absolutely real and very apparent, even more than they were in Portland because Portland right. was losing games in Portland and it didn't matter. But like those guys are going to be just fine. I don't I don't doubt Damon Lillard in a playoff setting. I, I he'll he'll be effective. He'll be an, a value add. Giannis is going to be awesome in the playoffs. He always is unless he's hurt. And that's it. And uh, but Doc Rivers like his job goes beyond those two guys. In fact, most of his job is right. beyond those right. two guys. Even Brooke Lopez, he'll be fine. Chris Middleton, can he get healthy? That's another big question mm-hmm. and concern that the Bucks have, but where's the other rotation guys in this? Are you he has basically put Marjan Bochamp on ice. He put Andre yep. Jackson on ice, and these are guys that have given him some good minutes. Can he find like other road, like a top eight or nine rotate, top seven or eight in a rotation, and empower those guys the way that Eric Spolster is able to empower the guys in the middle and at the end of Miami's rotation? Because that's right. what can kind of push you forward, especially in an Eastern Conference that has yes. the Boston Celtics, the reigning champion Miami Heat, the Philadelphia 76ers, who could still be dangerous when Joel Embiid comes back. Um, you've they've lost to the Pacers multiple times this year. Like what happens if they yeah. get pulled into them with that, yep. uh, into a, a series with the Pacers in the first round? Like, I'm not feeling great about that if I'm a Bucks fan. So yeah, Damon Lillard was asked during all-star weekend by a sneaker TikToker, which is how we get news now. Apparently I, I don't know. This is made the rounds on the internet. What five current players would make up Dame's dream team. And Damon Lillard said, and by the way, he was not asked, Hey, you cannot include current teammates. Right. That was right. not a stipulation. Right. And Dame said Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Bam Adebayo. <laughs> David, let's let's uh, dust off an old segment. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? I'm going to go with a uh, big deal. I, I honestly, again, I thought this is one of the things I saw Bucks fans downplaying a little bit. Like, oh, you know, he's just, he won a gold medal. There's a friendship there. It's like, yeah. There's a friendship there. There's a gold medal. That's why he That's wanted to go to Miami. That's a, these are important things, and, and it's clearly important to Dame. So I, I think there's a huge level of respect for what Bam does there. Um, I, I think it's it's really interesting. He did not mention his own MVP level teammate in Giannis Antetokounmpo. That I, was I the one. Really- I mean, maybe even like, I mean, if we want to go friendship, I mean, his best friend in the league is CJ McCollum. He's still in the league. Last I checked, he didn't mention right. CJ. So it's not just a friendship based thing. He chose Bam over Nikola Jokic, over Joel Embiid, over Anthony Davis, like over yeah. like uh, elite or arguably elite uh, better players than Bam. And it didn't include Giannis. Giannis <laughs> might be the best player in the NBA, depending on who you ask. I still think right. it's Jokic, but he's yes. top two. He, you know, like, top and he didn't include Giannis. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a, a top three player. You're like, yeah, he's yeah. not even in my top five. You know, that's like, that's unbelievable. And you know? Know Giannis at center. Yeah, I, I I mean, just could have gone anybody. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just really interesting. I, I think it just speaks about how much respect he has for Bam uh, sure. and, and the f- friendship there. Again, I think it's an important thing, but also a high level of regard for what Bam does as a player. So it's just, you know, I, I think a lot of Heat fans have, have read into it. And I, I think 
given everything that's happened, and I'm sure we'll hear at some point from Chris Haynes, you know, because it's just it has it's it's just all played yeah. out very badly. Like it's clear that Dame wanted to come to Miami. Like Dame's in the process of you know some personal issues off the court mm-hmm. too, and there's a lot going on there. He never wanted to come to Miami, and I know that Heat Milwaukee. fans are going to read into. I'm sorry, yeah, he never wanted to come to Milwaukee. I know that he he's Heat fans are going to read into everything. But I think it all adds up in the right direction. Like, you know, he, well, he clearly wanted well, to be in Miami. Yeah, I, there's no doubt about it. And he's been very open about that, too. He's like, I never wanted to come to Milwaukee. And now that I'm here, I see what great of organization it is. And I get to team up with a great player like Giannis and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, blah. what are you going to say at that point? You've already of course, been traded. You oh, you could put him in your top five. You could say that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's crazy. And by the way, I don't mean any of this to poo-poo Bam out of bio. I know a lot of star players would love to play with Bam because he plays the game yes. the right way. He's yeah. he's a willing Makes teammate. things easier for you. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't, and that's probably where Damian Lillard is coming from because he's you no know, done the pickup games with Bam and they have a great relationship. And you mentioned the Olympics and that was a big deal. But um, and by the way, when I had this whole story prepared for all you can heat on, had Damian Lillard gotten traded to Miami, I was ready to just push the button on it, kind of going through their their uh, Olympic game highlights together and breaking yeah. down that film and how that could translate to the Miami Heat this season. And that story yeah. will never see the light of day, obviously. Or maybe nice. it still could. <laughs> because if Milwaukee flames out, let's say this Doc Rivers thing goes south, they flame out first round and out, boom, they lose to the Pacers, the sixth seed or whatever it is. Like they, what they, they flame out in the first round of the playoffs. Changes are going to have to be made. Damian Lillard's yeah. not going to be happy. Doc Rivers will be doing more podcasts next year. Giannis signed the extension. How can you win when your trade. point guard only shoots thirty five percent for three? Yeah, it's like, all right, Doc. Yeah, yeah I'm going to do so much. On the roster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had Patrick Beverly. Um, it's I. <laughs> I I don't think it would be un, uh, unrealistic that Damon Lillard is playing somewhere else next year. And if he were to get traded, and I'm not even saying get them oh. de- like demand to get traded, like could the Heat get him, and he would not cost what he had what he would have cost coming mm. from Portland. Like mm. there, Portland might have been asking for Jaime Hawkins Jr. Milwaukee would not be getting Jaime Hawkins Jr. My question to you, when we come back, I'll ask it: Is would you even want Damian Lillard? Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, look, uh, sometimes you just need the opportunity to get something off your chest, whether it's big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you, and it's important to let that out, especially as someone who's unbiased in your life. So today, I think if you haven't started to consider therapy, maybe it's time that you did because there's a lot that affects us on a daily basis. And with a therapist, especially with somebody that you choose and that fits your schedule and is the right person for you, you'll feel much more comfortable by talking about some of those things that you might not feel comfortable talking to about anybody else. That's where therapy really comes into play. And it really gives you an opportunity to work through some of the things that you've been thinking or feeling. Just have a sounding board where you can kind of relay that information to it and maybe get some positive feedback that can help you make actual changes in your life. So if you've been thinking about trying therapy, then give BetterHelp a chance. Again, it's really easy to find a therapist. You just go to their website, you find somebody that's tailored to your schedule. And if you need to make a change for whatever reason, you're not comfortable with your therapist or maybe your schedule changes and you need to find somebody else, then you can make that change free of charge and everything takes out, it, it takes place very, very quickly and you'll find somebody that can help you. Therapy can be different for everybody, but if you're thinking about trying therapy, then give BetterHelp a chance. BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnBA. If you go there right now, you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash locked on nba 
Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app, Everydayers. Make sure you tune in for our next episode going all in on Jaime Jaquez Jr. My story for The Ringer came out about him on Tuesday. We'll dive into that. Plus, David caught up with Jaime in Indianapolis for All-Star Weekend. We'll play you snippets, preview that interview as well as post the interview uh, on our audio-only platforms. Of course, you can always listen to Locked on Heat on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can reach us, Locked on Heat, at gmail.com. But let's talk a little bit about Jaime right now. We're going to talk about the dunk contest because we didn't get a chance to get to it uh, on our earlier show this week. But, David, you were there in Indianapolis. I saw I – didn't, I didn't watch the game. I didn't watch the dunk contest live, but I saw all the highlights the next morning. Um, and it is clear to me that Jaime got snubbed. And I don't think that Jaime had the best dunk contest showing. I'm not saying that he should have won, right. but he should have definitely gotten past the first round. And right. Jalen Brown should have been eliminated in the first round. And um, and I think – I won't go so far as to say the fix was in, but I won't yep. not say it because <laughs> they wanted their only all-star, right? Oh, my God, Jalen Brown saving the, all, the, the, the dunk contest. Right. He's the lone all-star in it. And they kind of needed Jalen Brown to get to the final as almost proof of concept, even if he didn't deserve it, of, hey, All-Stars can win this thing. And he, yep. ultimately, he, he lost to McClung, right? But Yes, he did. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, thought, I thought Jaime was much better than Jalen Brown, and I thought, he, I thought he got snubbed. I really did. I, I think he deserved to go to round two. I agree. I think there was a little bit of an unknown about Jaime, yes. especially in Indianapolis and with that fan base there. So there wasn't like there was a large clamoring to see what he could do. I, I've seen the reaction from Kenny Smith, and I wonder whether or not there was just like maybe a, a level of discomfort regarding Jaime honoring his Mexican heritage and, and you know, I, the LED core and everything else like that. Uh, it, to me, anyway, it seemed like a little busy and it kind of detracts from what you're trying to accomplish. I know you can do cool things with it and put pictures and put different images and things like that. Like Jaime, you know, not only did he show the Mexican flag, but he also paid tribute to former NBA Mexican players. And so that just makes things a little bit busier. So you're trying to, just from a visual standpoint, you're trying to watch everything that's going on and you're watching him take, you know, try right. to attempt. And it didn't seem like Kenny knew like to look at the court based on wherever they were. He probably just, they were sitting down it. in a way where they can't see it. Yeah. So, yeah, and, it's, and so it's, like Jaime's just standing there on the sideline waiting for this, like <laughs> highlight reel to go by and everybody's like, what's going on? Like, why is this taking so much time? Right. So I get it's, that. It's for the fans. It's for people watching at home that can see the court play out the way it does. But apparently not um, for the judges or the broadcast. But not for the judges that are sitting on the court itself. Yeah. So they can't see anything other than just like lights moving around and stuff like that. It's it's a huge distraction. I, I, I'm not a big well, fan. That's why I, I think, think Jalen Brown, he played to the judges. And I'll give well, him credit for this because he went full like, hey, like I'm just I'm going to actually have zero creativity. And I'm just going to do your guys' dunks. And, I, and it, it was the silliest thing. Like his, his half-assed D Brown attempt. Like... That, he that would be a compliment. Calling it half-assed would be a compliment. He didn't yes, do it. I know. He literally didn't yes. do it. He did the fake no-look pass where you literally stare at the guy passing the ball and then look away as you're running away from the player. Like, well, he, he just he did tried a normal dunk. Eyes. Yeah, he tried covering his eyes and did, like, this dab. It was, like, this really it's uncomfortable, his awkward to watch. the entire and it, time until he did And it did was worth dunk. it, though. It was worth it to hear the Indianapolis faithful boo the hell out of Jalen Brown. And maybe that's just because they don't like this. Yes, they did. At every opportunity, they booed him. Uh, very interestingly, I, I'm not sure if it was an anti Celtics thing, which it doesn't matter very to possible. me. I'm all for it. I, yeah. I love it. Uh, he was getting booed pretty loudly. I think it was also after the scores came out, it was like, 
are you kidding me? Like this guy did not earn those at all. You well, know, let's, I, I, I mean, you had Jaime come out dunks over Shaquille O'Neal. You had uh, Obi Toppin, uh, Obi Toppin's brother come Jacob out, Toppin. Jacob Toppin, and dump dunk over Obi Toppin, who's also a very tall person. You not as tall as Shaq, but a very tall person. Right. Um, you had um, Matt McClung come out and get the yeah. the YouTube guy involved. Uh, he had or, an interesting dunk where he. Oh, no, he, I'm sorry. Yeah, he no. That, that was the best dunk where he he jumped over time. and threw it up to himself. I mean, that was insane. Right. That was the best dunk. He, ball, he like bobbled himself, bobbled purposely the ball on purpose so that he's in midair. Well, he picked it up and threw it catch to himself. It. Yeah, has yeah. to catch it. and then and That's so that amazing. was awesome. That was an awesome yeah. dunk. Everybody jumped over somebody standing up, and then right. in the first round, everybody did. Right. Except for right. Jalen Brown, he just did a dunk in the in his first first round dunk, and the second one dunked over a YouTuber. Sitting in a chair. Yep. He didn't even dunk over Shaquille O'Neal standing up. He dunked over a YouTuber who I would imagine is less than six feet tall. Probably. Sitting in a chair. So holding a cell far phone. Less. It wasn't a bar stool. It was a chair. Folding chair. It was like so far saying, less a, than six was, feet. Yeah, it was folding. Yeah, no. So I'm saying, like, the, even standing up, the YouTuber is probably not even six foot. Compared to Shaq, <laughs> who's 7'1". And, like, and he's standing in a folding chair. So we're talking about like, like I'm not going to lie, man. I think I could clear that guy. No. Standing in a folding chair. I'm actually, I, I okay. could jump. I, but it was, I, it, it was so uncreative. You mentioned the fake no look thing. Yeah. It was, he should have been eliminated so fast. Yeah. And the fact that he moved on past Jaime is insane. It's insane. And I think Jaime got snubbed. It was, it was yeah. always going to be one of Jaime. Matt McClung deserved to win it. He was always going to advance. It was going to yep. be one of Jaime or Jacob Toppin was going to get eliminated in the first round. And they cut Jaime out. And that's not um, even an anti-Jacob Toppin thing. I think both of them should have moved past Jalen. Yeah, I, I think I've got to give credit to Jalen in, in the sense that, like, as an all-star, he's not obligated to perform this. Ah, I guess boo. he didn't want to help. I, I, you know, I think that's one of the one of the that. issues that people have brought up is that you know it doesn't have any kind of big name attached to it. But you know what? I, I think one of the best dunk contests in recent history had you know Derek Jones Jr. and, and Aaron Gordon. And uh, Levine. Uh, Zach Levine, and they're not big names. They they, they weren't back then. Picks. No. Yeah, but Levine no, made no. a big name for himself after that, as a dunker, right? right? As a big dunker, right? So I mean, he was a top draft pick in Minnesota who didn't win a lot. It's like you know he wasn't a big name either. You just gotta have the right guys with the right level of athleticism and creativity. And those, I mean, they weren't there. Like McClung is a good dunker in terms of like his creativity and everything else like that. And powerful. He, yeah, but he's just so undersized, which I guess makes it all the more impressive. It does. He, I would I would say he should continue to be in a slam dunk in this contest, but you've got to find the guys that just have that kind of athleticism and are willing to do it. They have to be willing to do it, and that's a big thing. So Jalen, kudos to him for attempting it, but the dunks themselves were I trash. Yeah, I give him no credit. I it's like giving <laughs> a millionaire credit for paying his taxes. I give no like you're supposed to do it. You're an all-star. <laughs> I give you zero credit for competing in the dunk contest. That I give I discredit the other all-stars not doing it, but I'm not gonna give you credit because you do you're doing something that can help your brand and all that stuff. I'm you're at the all-star weekend. Like, I'm not giving you any credit for this. Um, I it the dunk contest is ruined. It's been ruined for a long time. I don't no, really not. care because I don't even watch it. I don't watch it. I don't care. No, I know, but it's not ruined. Like, I mean, the one in Chicago in 2020, right before the pandemic, like that was that was a damn good showing by Derek Jones Jr. That was only four years ago. You know, yeah. it's, it's not. You just got to find not, the right guys. Really, maybe it's not. For you got to find the right guy. I, I think the thing is, like, you, 
we talked about this on Locked NBA. You've got to put the three-point contest last because that's actually competitive. Like you're actually have something to compete as opposed to just some. Well, it's well, one and done. Too. What I love how it's just one and done. Like you can't redo your shot from the three-point contest the way you could redo a missed dunk. <laughs> right. uh, no, I, I look, we discussed it too on Locked on NBA going into All-Star Weekend and it was like, you need somebody like Jalen Brown to come out, but you need a star. Jalen Brown's not a star. He gets paid like a star. He's an All-NBA uh -huh. appearance, but he's not. He's not a celebrity. Nobody really likes. You take that back. Jalen Brown's the best. Yeah. Even right. Celtics fans would admit that he's not. Um. All right. Ooh. That'll that'll do it. Uh. We're not done talking about Jaime Hakas Jr. In fact, we'll have another episode coming up. Uh. We're gonna dive into Jaime's season and what we expect from the second half of his season. We'll talk about the Ringer story that I wrote about him that came out on Tuesday and. We'll give you a sneak peek of David's interview with Jaime from All-Star Weekend in Indianapolis on the next show. But for now, thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day.